There we go. We're live. What up, ladies and gents? You guys get two shows from us today. Well, what? the first one. So you want to get podcasting, but you don't want to do it all yourself? Let's talk about how you can take care of that. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yes. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros! <laughs> she jumped in. I love it. Yes. That you know, is when we, awesome. When we started doing that, when we started doing interviews, uh, you know, I don't know, like 400 episodes ago, <laughs> we yeah. had people live in the studio and like it was much easier to do that. And then we went virtual with COVID and everything. It was not as easy to get the uh, the other person to do the business bros. And then it always sounds weird, but you did it perfectly. You're Thanks. on Thanks. point. On point. Thanks, so let me uh, introduce our guest today, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest has a ton of knowledge to share, and we sure are going to learn a lot from her today. We're excited to be joined by an absolute professional, someone who has created a successful career in music and audio production. This awesome guest has years of podcasting experience and in multiple partnerships and team projects has accomplished a ton of incredible feats. What started as a music podcast became a sensation, receiving a regional arts and culture grant and working with multiple organizations to promote music festivals all across the Pacific Northwest. Today, our guest provides a full service production agency. Her company specializes in supporting businesses, brands, and broadcasters with a vision to launch and develop your show. Her job is to make production of compelling content look easy so that you can excel. So joining us today out of the great town of Portland, Oregon, the host and creator, host and owner of Gritty Birds Podcasting, please welcome to the show, Jenny Ren Statra. Yay! It's so good to see you. Oh, man, I'm so... You actually get the round of applause. I was just slow on it. That's awesome. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jenny. This is fun. This is the first time I've been on a show where there's like the inserts like that. And and I like that energy. You guys have great energy just in general. So yeah, we we try to step up that podcast game. You figure after 400 episodes, you you have to have learned a little something, right? That's so skills I've acquired over a very long career. (laughs) <laughs> i mean but that's that's like the core of it absolutely because you're like man i have to keep things fresh and that is sort of where i've been trying to figure that out for myself and my shows and like where the transitions have happened so absolutely yeah. oh man then we got a lot of talk about today so uh <laughs> i always like to drop the intro thing but you know what you have such a good intro uh james always did a, a already did a good job let's just get into the nitty-gritty in this whole podcast yeah. space uh what are you doing for people right now and uh how can uh, we help you out gritty gritty yeah, yeah. You see that? <laughs> yeah <laughs> right now that um <laughs> that's kind of this is funny like i feel like i'm like yeah so what i'm doing right now for people's uh, i have uh several clients and then i have several couple, like several launch clients so i'm helping podcasters um with editing and then also with their launches so the uh kind, kind of like they step in with me we take a look at what they want to do with the show or what they're already doing with their show and then we tweak it a little bit 
Um, I help them with their production backflow. So we're using things like Trello and uh, Dropbox paper to be able to rip apart things at the seams. Like, so some of my shows, we actually do large content cuts. Um, I've worked with shows where we're adding in kind of some narrative elements. Uh, we're also just doing like straightforward um, editing, right? Like just, I want to have things cut. Uh, we want to get here. Then also when clients have issues. So if their host is having a problem, if something's not going right, you know, I'm the one who's sending the emails to try to fix those and solve it. And because audio is one of my like huge passions, I'm spending a lot of time also making sure that their audio is getting really good. And because not most of the people that are coming to me don't have a, a huge background in audio. So like the first time that they're working with audio might be with a podcast. So we're building I'm building up like one of the things I'm doing as a as a project is kind of building up a series of videos. And I did a series in the beginning of COVID for about eight weeks, as I'm kind of trying to figure out how to step back into actually putting on a show again, because I did put on a large pause my years at Guitar Center, man, it was really hard for me to keep up with a narrative podcast. And I was still while I was recording for other people. And I've because I still do tape syncs for people like iHeartMedia. And then I do a lot of consulting for different um, companies. It's, you know, you have to figure out where you're Spaces in the space because it evolves, it changes. I've been in this now for five years, and I started getting interviewed for podcasts seven years ago when I put out my 2013 EP. So it's kind of insane um, being able to like see how long this has been going on and seeing how many people are new to the space. And that energy is really great because when there's more people in the space, we're learning from them too. So just because like I've been around this forever doesn't mean that it's not constantly moving right so like you guys are at 400 episodes right uh it's it's like it takes a lot of time and what was i have a, my question for you first is what was like your first episodes like versus now where you've got these jumpers and you've got horrible. like you know that really horrible. dialed in yeah yeah what was absolutely it like? absolutely horrible first of all we didn't have video in episode one we didn't have video yeah. until like episode 80 something so it wasn't like uh we we came off the bat and did stuff we were it was more like hey you know uh, my real estate mentors were saying you need to start a podcast my uh my men my my, uh, well, YouTube mentors, Gary V's are like, you need to have a podcast. And I was like, okay, let's start a podcast. And I dragged James into it. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, Hey, I got this equipment. Which one should I get? I don't know. Amazon said that one has four mics. We'll get that one. Right. Like it was literally oh, no, like that. that. Yeah, it was. And, and luckily they turned out to be decent quality. You know, we have a folks, right? I mean, the, the, yeah. the hardware we use is, is good enough. It's great. It does what yeah. it does its job, but but we got lucky. Like we could have easily have picked some crap stuff that didn't work out. I would you know, pick that like all the time at Guitar Center. That's what, like people would come in and I would just like, I would encourage friends because like I was in pro audio. So that was like what I did. And they would come in and they'd be like, I got this and we're recording on Sunday and we're going to launch in three weeks. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, let's see what we can do. And a lot of times it, it was just a weird setup or it didn't work out. And so I learned a lot about just the tech side because you had to solve it in time to be able to figure out what things were without being able to see what their computer is. And, and, and so you had to hypothetically work on being able to solve, to problem solve, like on the phone with someone, because so like when people were like, can I do consulting? Just call me when I'm at guitar center. Like I'm usually just stocking or I'm doing sales, but like there, there was days in the week where I just had time, you know? And so it made me be able to really exercise those, those muscles for problem solving because you have to be able to keep to your production schedules or they're gone. And I learned about a ton of extra tools too. And it really changed 
some ways at the time I was like, I was really kind of a snob about it. But then one of the things that became why I left guitar center is I was so tired of solving things hypothetically because I would get home, you know, if I was closing the store, or even if I got, I was doing a mid shift, which is usually what I did. Like I was exhausted and I didn't want to deal with audio. So I was still like answering questions in forums, but like I wasn't really creating for a while. And I wanted to get back in there and figure out what people's real problems were and how I can be able to solve them. And so that's like really been the, the, the area that I've been in for the last year. And we it's were on the <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you've been you've been in it for five years. I mean, and yeah. prior to that, you were doing other stuff. And yeah. it seems like such a long time, but it's really just a snap. And in those it five so years, fast. time or, or technology has drastically changed. So different. I mean, for just two years ago when we started, compared to where we are today. Uh, the technology we're using is so much different. It's evolved. I mean, three months oh, ago, sure. prior to COVID, an average conversation did not include video, right? No. An average conversation. Now everybody does Zoom videos. My grandma knows how to do a Zoom video and she's like 80 something years old. Like, it's, it's crazy. The good news is, is it was already starting to head that way. And it was really great. Like I, I went and did a, did something, did a consultation with Mackie back in February. And I, you know, they're old friends of mine from back in the Seattle days. I reconnected with them when I was at NAM and with RME, cause I was working for them, which is another big, big audio company. And it was kind of insane. Like they're obviously I can't share what they're working on. Cause that's not that hard really taking that look at audio and video is becoming so much more of a thing. You know, having these consoles like the Roadcaster Pro really made a lot of shifts in the industry. And because of the fact that it made certain things really simple and still sound pretty good. And I think that was a huge shift for, for people. And I, I usually recommend either that one or um, I, I love folk, right? I have a focus, right? That I got from the podcast editors conference. And, and some of it is it's helpful because like, I know I can contact some of the, the reps because I know them. And if we, if I have problems, I think you do want to always be learning, but for clients, that's super helpful because like I said, every system's a little different, but it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. And I'm, it's weird to sort of now be like, okay, well now that you have the studio dialed in, cause I've got a whole situation going on in here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'll, I'll show you just a little bit. So here's the keyboard. And then I've got my synths, my drum machines. And then behind here, there's a, Behind, I mean, behind the, the computer, I've got a second computer, which is uh, connected. Um, I'm using a Mackie big knob to be able to connect between uh, the two interfaces that I have. So I've got my Scarlet and then my baby face. And one of the reasons I have that is so that I can do these videos and troubleshoot for people. Because when you have more gear, it was crazy as it is, like you can be able to solve those problems. And if I can do that remotely, it's really helpful. And at this time, it's even more important than it ever has been to do that remotely. So a lot of the consultations that I've done in the last six months have been on helping people who already know how to, like I mentioned broadcasters, right? So I've, I've over the years, I've met a lot of journalists who are like, I am new to this. I want to have a one-on-one. -on -one. I'm trying to figure out what I need to be doing. Like, what are my settings? Just to get that really dialed in. Because if they were working in studios, they might not have had those same that same language and tools. And so it's like, because we speak that same language, you know, I've worked as a journalist before. Um, and that's like something I really have a lot of passion for doing that research. It, it's like being able to take away the blocks so that 
your being able to get your message out or your story or your clients or whatever it is. And then um, I was doing brand consultations. Also, I've done a lot of sound consultations. And then probably my favorite is doing content um, consultations just because uh, being an elementary school teacher, writing was a huge focus for me. And I've always been a writer. And it's been, oh, oh, sorry, client messaged me. That's a positive. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> makes a huge difference to be able to going, ah. Am I cutting on your end? You are cutting a little bit. It's all right. It's all right. <sighs> while, while you get that worked yeah, out, I mean, content content creation is is always uh, it's kind of like the writer's block, uh, I guess, where you you uh, you you have. I mean, for us, for example, 485 episodes and trying to figure out what is next. How do we make it a little more interesting? How do we elevate it to that next level? Uh, being able to consult with somebody and say, hey. Um, I'm thinking of this, I don't know where to go from here. And just having that outside opinion to tell you, that's a great idea. Maybe you should try this angle. Maybe you should, uh, you know, speed this part up. Maybe you should break your show into segments. They're all, you know, nothing is set in stone yeah. when you have your own show. It allows you the flexibility to do yeah. whatever you want. However, having other people who've been in that space, who communicate with other podcasters, who've produced other types of shows, it's always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it can be as simple as like actually taking out things. So if it's not working for you, what I've noticed with shows is sometimes like I, I will often set up something that's more complicated, but then when I've set that up for clients, one of the issues that can happen is that if their production schedule is such like in their time with the person they record with, it might not be easy for them to do a post intro. And like as a producer, I need to get my files before a certain point because I have multiple clients and I want to be able to continue to scale my business, right? So like at this point, if I'm getting all my files late and this will often happen toward the beginning of working with someone because we're trying to like learn and, and sort of see where the gaps are and where things are. Cause I, I do take a look at that. So like I'll search someone's, I, 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 tunes and say, I can find you here, but I literally don't see you anywhere else in the web. Let's, let's see what we can do about that. Right. And then, uh, then kind of recognizing that back for myself as a company where I'm doing the development so that people can find me as well. So there with content though, you want to have it to be engaging, but you have to be able to find it too. So there's mm -hmm. it, all these little tiny pieces come and play together and think that's something that people forget about when you hire an editor or producer, or especially an editor who's like me, because like you could just send it off to someone who like edits it and gets it there, but you're going to, I'm going to be telling you, Hey, I noticed that this is getting long or um, what if I'm noticing that this is happening? Because I think a lot of people who are, are gravitating toward podcasting already are good at having conversations. And if they're hiring an editor, they're probably kind of more planned for it. So you, I'm not like having to tell them not how to do things because they know how to communicate. They know their audience because it's just that is their industry possibly or it's, it's the things that's part of them. But like there are ways that we can tweak it where it's like, hey, this isn't quite landing or I just I feel like that part isn't quite right. And it helps expand that language. And for people who are having struggles with that, because I do meet people also who are more analytical, that they want me to help them build out those questions, to build out that list, to build out the topics. Because like you said, we can flex that together. And I like, and, and, I like yeah. having this kind of conversation with you because I'm, I'm on the complete opposite end. I'm like, you can do this yourself. Let me show you how easy it is. Let me show you these, these different types of, you know, this is my workflow. This is how I do it. This is how I've yeah. created my show uh, where I can literally have my intro, my outro already built in live on the stream. I'm placing my show on 
five different platforms. Yeah. Uh, and then this is how I'm chopping it up in small pieces and repurposing my content. You know, I'm trying to minimize uh, my effort yeah. because my focus is always on like small business, 100%. right? And, and if I, a small business has no marketing uh, campaign, no marketing budget, this is an opportunity for them to take advantage of it and at 100. least stay in front of their clients. Yeah, I did a actually I did a talk on that at She Podcast Live using kind of like narrative tools to be able to use it for your indie pod. And that's exactly it. It's um, because there's transcription tools that are out there, you can go back to anything you've ever released. And one of the things that I'm gonna be doing with some of these the shows that I'm developing, it's that I haven't set an announcement date because I just finished the series and I want to do it right this time. Last, it was really, you learn through every series that you're doing, right? And it's like, you notice things you like and you notice things that you want to shift. And a lot of it was, uh, you know, how can you repurpose it and do the live videos so that it has that live element? But a lot of people are still going to be going on, if you, let's say you release on a Sunday, they're going to check at 6 a.m. to see if, if it's there and was they're getting in the morning going and going for their run or whatever they do in the mornings on the day of your release. And if you, they still want that podcast, but the people who are like online right now, you know, they're watching. They're, they're, they're checking it out. They're going to be making comments, et cetera. They're going to be there and you can have it in all those audiences and all those places. Both of them have value. And that's the thing to recognize and how to have that system and like how you automatically do it right away. So like if you, let's say we were, you were, you were working with this, you could just run it through a transcript, right? And then you'd be able to note the, the spots right away or just somebody could be like on the other side, like, because you guys have three, one person could be taking notes just for that timestamp. And then you can just come back to that timestamp right away. And then you're like set, right? Oh my gosh. And you can have and it in your Google docs and everything as far as topics so that you can hashtag it and search. And, and I mean, you're, you're, uh, there's so many things you can do once you have this long form content created. I mean, yeah. I, I'm starting to look into things like transcribing and then, uh, re re, um, using AI to convert the audio into a different language. And now you can develop a, a yeah. your same show with your personality, AI converted language in multiple countries in their own native yeah. tongue. That's super impressive, you know, and, and I'm not there yet, but I'm looking and I'm reading and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on there because that's, it's all about your message, your attitude, your emotions, everything that you have behind what it is that you're doing may connect with somebody and you don't even know who that person is. You And and, yeah. and I tell people who have developed their own podcast who are thinking about it, I'm like, look, there's once you start doing this on a regular basis, I guarantee you there's a one-sided relationship with people that you, you have no idea. You've influenced them, you've motivated them, you've inspired them, whatever it is, because you're putting out this content on a regular basis. And if not yeah. you, it could be the guests that you have on your show. Maybe what they're doing has inspired them and their message has, has, has helped motivate them to take action into something. That's the power to me, the, the power of podcasting, to be able to do stuff yeah. like that. And with that, we'll take our quick break here, give you guys an opportunity to uh, get a drink of water and catch up. Today, we've got Ham's Insurance Tip of the Day. We're talking earthquake insurance. Most people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. Some people do. Whatever. Anyway, Ham's Insurance Tip of the Day, earthquake insurance. Uh, if you don't know, uh, earthquake is not a covered peril. It's not something that's covered under your normal homeowner's insurance. It's also usually not covered under your commercial property insurance. So if you're investing in things other than homes, uh, other types of businesses, other types of property, it's not something that's going to be covered. It is a separate 
policy that you're going to have to purchase to make sure that your property is properly covered. One thing to note about earthquake insurance, we have pretty large deductibles on earthquake insurance. I've seen them as low as 5% and as high as 25%. So if you have a home, let's say here in San Diego, and your home is $500,000, that's somewhere around the median price, right, Hernan? Yep. Somewhere around there. So $500,000. If you have a 10% deductible, that's $50,000 that you're going to be coming out of pocket before uh, the earthquake insurance kicks in. So that's definitely something that you want to know about it. But at least it's only $50,000 and the insurance will cover the rest if your house is completely damaged. I don't know about you guys. I've been noticing a lot more earthquakes lately. So it's definitely something that you're going to want to think about. It's uh, it's something that you're going to want to make sure that you protect your home from because it's not otherwise included in your homeowner's insurance policy. That is Ham's insurance tip of the day. Follow me on Twitter at insurancebroham. See, and just like that, we got segment in in the show, and we didn't have to do post edit, all that stuff. I mean, again, that's that's the to me trying to make the process as simple as possible so that a solo podcaster can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you're creating has been to me is is a lot more intense. Like when this is great for me uh, to market to people who have their own small little business, right? But there are people who want to tell a story, who who literally write out a complete narrative, who maybe have different voices that they embed in their show. And there's there's a quality, uh, like a a different type of programming out there. Like, you you know, to me, I equate this with like a radio and and TV, right? There's TV shows, which are scripted with actors and that sort of stuff. And then there's, uh, late night shows like with Jimmy Fallon, right? So I see yeah. my type of show and this type of programming as a late night TV show. But yeah. there are people in the podcast space who have their sitcom type shows and you're helping them really take that type of show to a whole new level. I would love to take more of those clients. It was actually interesting because this like being able to figure out where your niche is, is really challenging as there are a lot more editors out there. You see people and they're throwing out like, oh, I'll do it for nothing. I'll do it for 25 an episode. That's a lot of times in foreign markets or, you know, it's this whole world and we're doing narrative is kind of expensive and one of the things that it, it means is that like if i bring on a show like that it's harder for me to bring on other clients so i've had a little bit of fear this year as i had one project that was pretty intensive and then when it lost so i kind of switched to having more small shows but i miss i really do miss like working with someone creatively on ripping apart something and i do think though that using a format like this gives you those tools to make it simpler so like one of my clients when she does the interview we end up inserting slots we might we do a lot of cuts in that one it's called fatima's hand and it highlights uh people w- women leaders across the world uh, especially like so la- our last one was someone in syria who was in turkey a lot, a lot in turkey so um, Christina, she's a professor at George Washington um, in DC, and she left Turkey when things were coming up. And so, what she'll do at the end, she'll make these little tags, and then we have that insert that we bring back. Or I did this when I was at NAM with RME. So, I did these interviews, and there's like three from Gritty Birds during that where I had the interviews, I cut them down a little bit, and then had those segments where I gave some context to the people that were on it. Because it might be like a 10 minute interview, and you might cut out like, it might be a 25 minute interview that you just take like 10 minutes 
sense of it. And you're just creating these little bridges. And that's one way of doing that. And I really would love to be working with more shows on how to do that. There's also, you know, taking a look at more complicated things like uh, doing scoring. And I was going to take on one project. And I think right now scoring is not something I want to do, but I like the bumpers, right? If you're thinking ahead about where things are, it's about that planning and figuring out like your back end to be able to make those notes. And it works really well doing these. Like when I was doing my show, um, because I was working with a radio station, I was able to get feedback loops. People were willing to volunteer because we were volunteering for the station. I wasn't getting paid. And so it was really wonderful. I had this, this group of people that were like volunteering to help with the show. So like, there weren't really great transcription services, but they helped me with that. And then I had a story coach that I worked with towards some of the episodes that helped me think about arcs because I would rip those apart. You know, I would color code them and have them in paper and move them around. So it made more sense. And th what that ended up making me realize is how I needed to be more focused in my interviews and a lot, because some of them were planned like at a festival and I had like you know, 20 minutes to prepare. And while I was attending things, it wasn't always like as focused as you see on a show like this. And so when we have the ability to have those restraints, especially now that we're doing most of these online, we have the ability to do more planning. And I think a really good person to follow is Marian um, Abrams. And she's awesome. She runs the Spartan Nut podcast and is a good friend of mine. I was working on a project with them that literally was going to be announcing all of their their things it was it was narrative based and then that was the week that covid really got big and so we we mm. scrapped it but she's she worked in television before and i really like talking with people who worked in television because it's about you know you want to mention the organizing but you also want to think about the timeliness of it and you know what what you can do to like create emotion and tell story without being too pretentious because these days you really want to have your show connect right mm -hmm. and if it's just if it's too this or too to that, especially when it comes super radio-y. Um, people are starting to like things. Um, the trend is 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 more toward that candid, that people are wanting to spend time with someone. So like, how do you keep that human element? And that was one of the biggest critiques I would get because the first season of the show was all interviews and people loved it. And it was very structured and it was great. And then when the radio came, um, they were like, we want to, I would, I started doing cuts. Like I just did cuts. That's where I began. So I would like cut big sections of it to make it fit the 30 minutes and then have the intro and be able to have our bumpers. And then when they were like, let's see if we can do something deeper. And so we had um, a person person who was working on an archival project and she was a former NPR producer. And so she was the one who trained me. And so we spent a summer doing that. And that was sort of where I got that guidance from. And, you know, I'd left the classroom at this point, I was no longer teaching. So that was an, in, in, nice to not have that. Yeah, but it was, I had that, all that extra. Yeah, but I also had all that extra basis of teaching um, upper elementary kids writing every single day. And so like it really was and I was writing for the Portland Mercury and Vortex Music Magazine at Pace at the time. So it's like you were pulling and stretching all these different muscles. And I don't think you need to necessarily have my background. And I've like so many of my other editor friends actually came from broadcasting and this journalism style, too. And so they know it. It's just like not everyone wants to touch it because it's kind of a pain. Yeah. And you really have to be committed to want to do it. And that's probably the hardest part with someone is being like, are you committed to doing this, to doing this work? And that was like why I left that project um, in January is the commitment wasn't fully there to do the style we're doing. So um, because you have to be working together and be willing to, you know, have things be not work. Oh and, man! And say speaking how of, can you? Yeah, speaking of trying new things, this is going to be uh, again. This is the second time we're doing this, but we're going to do this segment: two truths and a lie. So you got to come up oh, with yeah. two truths and a lie, so we can get to know you. Oh, and so again, 
just like you were talking about, how do you make it more interesting and personable to your audience? This is how. All right. So I get to come back and have a little bit of fun. Here's how it works. So Jenny's going to give us two truths and a lie. We're going to think about it, but don't tell us which one's a lie until we decide uh, what, which one we decide uh, we're going to guess on which one's a lie. Does that make sense? Okay. I kind of stuttered yeah. on that one, but that's cool. All right. You're going to guess so, one truth. I'm going to guess one truth, and you're going to tell us what we No, we're right. going to guess the lie, bro. Or we're going to guess the lie? We're going to guess the lie. Yeah, okay. We're going right, right. to guess okay. the lie. You're going to guess right. the lie. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Jenny. Hit us. All right. I have been to all 50 states. I started playing piano when I was six. I I need to think of another one. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spot. obsessed with movies. Oh, let's see. Um, let's let's do some some uh, some Sherlock Holmes here. And based on our conversation, you've traveled the country for music festivals. So I'm gonna assume you hit every fifty all fifty states. Although I don't know, music festival in Alaska is kind of tough. Um, then let's see. Uh, I, you had a keyboard there. You, I'm assuming you knew how to play it. That's gotta be true. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was the last one? She loves movies. Um, you did talk about story. I'm going to go 50. I'm your Huckleberry. 50 States is going to be the lie. (laughs) Yeah. I was guessing the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I've been to 46. It's. But it's close. It's close enough that that one I feel like I still can say it and it doesn't feel as far off. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> those two other ones, I could have played that a little bit better. Here, here's, the, here's the issue with the... I'm uh, at 33, the, by the way. 33? Yeah, nice. years wrong. I, when I was growing up, my parents were teachers, so we would spend the summer on the road. Mm. Yeah. See, that's what teachers should be doing. Are, yeah. you talking, are, you, are you trying to point a finger over here, buddy? You're trying to point a finger? Oh. <laughs> See, I'm a homebody. Like, I, oh. You know what? I, 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 was telling, I was telling James and, and almost everybody, they're like, how did, how did, uh, how did uh, COVID affect you? I'm like, me? Everybody came to my world. I was already comfortable with being at home. They, they, it was them who were uncomfortable. I put out more content ever since this thing happened. That's so funny. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, so without sounding uh, – negative towards those other states that you've traveled to because uh, you know you could essentially say you've been to all 50 without the four who are the four that you're missing texas hawaii oh it's five sorry um texas hawaii alaska mississippi and alabama you've never been through the country of texas no because in the <laughs> summer it's so hot uh, that it we just wouldn't hit that and i've never been to the country yeah, i haven't been to the country of texas it just never <laughs> happened man i went to it almost went- happened twice this year like i was gonna go i was i was talking with marion about going to south by southwest with spartan and then in the fall is supposed to be podcast movement in dallas i'm not sure if i'm gonna do that but this was the year so we'll see yeah, yeah. Might get uh, off. podcast movement is in october in uh Houston. yeah is in houston or dallas um dallas and then she podcast live got canceled yesterday um mm. it'll be next year still in scottsdale but yeah well we're in, we're in san so diego we'll but uh we have business yeah, partners in, in austin and so prior to covid we'd fly out to austin every uh every quarter uh and nice. one of the last ones i think when we went in august or was it james you went mm-hmm. to that uh country music festival uh no i think it was south by southwest uh oh, guns and Ro- yeah it was uh, guns and roses was headlining 
Nice. So that was awesome. So, yeah. and and uh, one time back in the day when we uh we owned a game truck, so it was like a thirty-two foot trailer with video games oh, inside. Fun. We did kid birthday parties. Had to pick it cool. up in uh, in Tennessee, so we had to drive from San Diego to Tennessee to pick it up. And that's when I drove through the the great country of Texas. Took like a whole day of driving to cut through that state. It was ridiculously oh, yeah. crazy. For Basically sure. a two day trip every time. Every uh-huh. time. Well, hey Jenny, I wanted to say thank you for being on the show. Um, this was so much fun, dude. You're you're incredible. You have all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, the fact that you've you've traveled almost the entire United States. You've uh, I miss travel right now. I'll tell you that much. You're one but of those, we'll huh? There. Like you, you're uh, you're tired of being cooped up. Yeah, I like movement. I like meeting new people. I don't mind being cooped up, but I I am actually it's been amazing because I've worked in my house. And so I like being here more than I did three months ago. But I would say, yeah, I love getting out and seeing the world and getting to know new perspectives. That's something that I've always had just a joy of. So it's like someday, someday soon. What's what's one thing that you used to do that you can't do now that you miss and you can't wait to get back to it? I miss going to shows more than you know. Yeah, I used mm. to go to I used to sing like five to seven nights a week like this back in Seattle years ago I used to go to shows five nights a week, especially when I was like writing for papers and such. And, you know, there's just such a really rich community here in Portland and Seattle as far as the music communities. And so it just means that there's people I just I hang out just there. And um, we have we're it's going to be a while till that happens again. And a lot of the venues are going to end up closing. So it's like kind of sad and sweet. But the other big one is is uh, as things open because so many parks are closed. I can't wait to go to the beach. Well, you yeah. also mentioned you love movies, and apparently that's a truth. So for me, one of the biggest true. things I miss is going to the movie theater. Yeah, mm. going to a theater and actually having that situation, and especially as somebody who like works on media and is always here, I'll have a movie on in the background a lot. I think people are like are like, how do you watch all of them? I don't really sit there and like stare at the TV. I'm just like, I like listen to the stories, and uh, it's but. You have, uh, yeah, I miss like going in and getting the popcorn or and just sitting there and not, you know, turning off the phone and like having that focus, especially the turning off the phone thing, because there's nothing right now that I have to turn my phone off for. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing unless I just felt like turned off for a couple hours, but not that special. Yeah, that's that's being able. It's weird being able to disconnect and and at the same time being able to connect are the two things that you miss the most right I, yeah it's like the, i know it's I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a weird one because like i am like so outwardly extroverted and, spo- um, and, and speak to like anyone i can have a conversation with anyone but like i i generally like have gotten more like i've always been a little bit introverted to sort of hold like keep the energy because i can just get so into it that like i just like spell it and so i have i do a lot of alone time and that's where the movies come in is like i can just yeah well ladies and gents uh i wanted to make sure you guys check out uh gritty birds podcasting on ig check out our website if you guys are interested in doing a podcast and maybe it's not our kind of podcast right maybe it's not interview based maybe it's something a little more creative anything that you're looking for uh, reach out to reach out to Jenny. She's gonna help you or out. Or if you're um, having issues, I'm gonna have some courses coming up. It's gonna be a big growth year right now. It all still looks, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. So come see me. Absolutely, come check her out. 
I mean, she's got great energy, guys. You guys can see on the show. So, Jenny, thank you very much for being on the program. Thank you, I know guys. last time we had great. to reschedule a little bit. We gave you a little bit of special time I for today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that, and especially since you have two today now. So, it's awesome, though. I mean, I don't <laughs> know if I could do anything else in my life that has brought me so much joy. I mean, aside from family, obviously, right? But like yeah. professionally, to do something, uh, I get yeah. to meet somebody new every single day, and totally. it's, I, I. If I do three or four, I mean, I had uh, I had interviews on other podcasts early on, so I've been on this mic pretty much all morning, and I'll be on oh all God. afternoon. It's gonna be the end of the day, yeah. but you know what? I love it. It still works. I'm gonna be editing. It. Yeah. yeah. See, so it it, it never Working ends. On a real right? estate podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I like force myself, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do anything today, which is which just means I need to do more on another day. But you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so take it off this calendar. Put it on that calendar. We're good to go. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents. Right. Well, we'll see you again later at 4 p.m. ish sharp. Talk to you guys then. Peace. Bye. Bye bye. And we're out. All right. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.